Welcome to the Nerd Stalgic Podcast with your host, the Ginger Hello and welcome back to the Nerd Stadia Podcast. I'm your host, Luke the Human. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're all good, as per usual. Uh, now I've got a bit of housekeeping to do before I get on to today's episode. Make sure that you are following me on Twitter at nerdstadia underscore pod. I know Elon Musk wants to call it wants us to call it X, but we all know it's Twitter, so I'm going to call it Twitter. Um, and if you are listening to this on YouTube, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. It all helps me out immensely. So, welcome back to Spooky Month. This is week two. Last week, I did the 1986 uh, B-movie classic, uh, Critters, which I absolutely loved and adored. If you haven't checked that out, please go back and listen to that episode. I had such a fantastic time with that film, and I really do want to watch the rest of the Critters movies. Um, But I'm jumping ahead uh, to two years later. So today's movie we're going to be looking at are Killer Clowns from Outer Space from 1988. Another B B tier horror movie classic. Uh, it's proper eighties goodness. This is. Um, I've never seen this film before. Never seen it. This is another one just like Critters that I've always had it recommended to me. I've all these horror uh, fans and circles that I go around. They all tell me it's incredible that you just have to check it out. So I thought I put it on the list. Oh, to be honest, it was one of those I wanted to watch first, but I, I decided to put Critters first, mainly because I was so hyped up to watch this movie specifically that I didn't want it. I didn't want to start off with such a bang, and just in case I didn't like it, um, I know I will, but this case I don't. I didn't want to yeah, be disappointed, so I thought I'd do Critters, um, and I watched Critters, and absolutely overjoyed with that movie. It was actually fantastic, and I can't wait to watch the rest of them. So I thought. I've had such a fantastic time. I'll bump it up and I'll do um, Killer Clowns from Out of Space now and then push uh, what I had decided to do for the second week to week three. So I'm really, really excited for this movie. Um, Going on to IMDb, time to do my uh, best voiceover impression that I can. So you ready? Here it goes. When a small town is invaded by aliens from outer space who are capturing and killing the town's people, no one takes them seriously. Why? The aliens all look like circus clowns, use weapons that look like look clown-like, and all have painted on smiles. Only a few of the young people in the town realise the danger, and of course, no one believes them. Armed with an ice cream truck, they try and rescue their friends. Thank you very much, IMDb. You never disappoint, do you? As for the uh, cast of this movie, uh, I've never heard of anybody in this cast. Um, maybe you will if you are a hardcore um, like horror fan. I am some of a hardcore fan, but I, I haven't really watched a lot of these B-tier movies. So if you have and you're disappointed that I don't know any of them, I do apologise. Um, but the cast for this movie are Grant Kramer, who plays Mike Tobacco, which is a fantastic name, Mike Tobacco. Um, then we have uh, Susanna Sidney, um, who plays Debbie Stone, John Allen Nelson, who plays Dave Hansen, John Vernon, who plays Curtis uh, Mooney, uh, Michael S. Uh, Siegel, who plays Richard 
Ternese. Um, and then you got Christopher Titus as Bob McReed, um, also as Chris Titus. And then finally, we have Peter Lacasse plays Paul Tazzaro. So th that is your cast as for the movie's production. So the film's original title was simply Killer Clowns, but the filmmakers added the words from out of space to prevent audiences from assuming that the film was a slasher film. Uh, filming took place in the city of Watsonville and at the Santa Cruz Beach boardwalk. Uh, the film was Christopher Titus's first role in a motion picture movie. Uh, as for uh, any sort of practical effects, uh, the popcorn gun used by the clowns in the film was included, uh, inclu which included a compressor that would allow the weapon to actually propel popcorn, uh, was the most expensive prop made for the production, costing $7,000 uh, to create and taking six weeks to build. Uh, the legs of the clown balloon uh, animal dog was were correlated in latex uh, by the film's special effects department in order to keep the balloon from popping on the pin needles which cover the ground. Um, while the Chino brothers, uh, the people that directed it and wrote it, uh, were well known as special effects artists, much of the special effects work was carried out by other artists, allowing the brothers to focus more on their production duties. However, the brothers did personally construct the miniature set for Clownzilla, sequence. Um, most of the vehicles used in the film were rented and therefore were not allowed to be damaged. Uh, two cars were ac accidentally damaged. One was given um, uh, to the production and was driven off a bridge, although it was only intended to roll a short distance. And the Jeep filled with webbing needed a $3,000 um, repair after solvent in the webbing damaged the interior. Uh, the Cheerdo brothers Wanted to cast comedian Soupy Sales, I'd never heard of that comedian before, um, as a security guard killed by the clowns with the acid pies, as he was known for receiving pies in the face on his children's television show, Lunch with Soupy Sales. I'm guessing that's an American thing, as being English and born in the late 90s. I have no idea what that is, but if you know what that is, well done. Um, however, the executive producers did not want to allocate funds to pay for sales plane ticket to the production, uh, as they felt that audiences would not know who sales was. Oh, that's most likely true. Because um, then, well, then again, I can't say I don't, because again, like I said, late 90s. This was the 80s, so I wouldn't know anyway. Uh, Jojo the Clownzilla, the colossal clown who appears at the end of the film, was originally intended to be created using stop-motion animation, uh, but was instead portrayed by Charles Cheerdo in a rubber suit. Uh, in the film's original final, uh, Deputy Dave dies in the explosion of the clown ship, but this was changed after audiences and test screenings uh, desired a more upbeat ending. Um, four moulds were made for the main clowns. One was peanut-shaped, and Another was triangular, circular, and the final shape was an inverted triangle. From the four moulds, the effects artist produced two clown characters from each. Clownzilla had its own mask moulded specifically for its appearance. Two of the masks that were used to create the clowns in the film were repurposed and used to portray trolls in the 1991 film Ernest Scared Stupid. So that's gives you an idea of, of the production. Um, like I said, I'm really, really looking forward to this movie. Um, it was directed by Stephen Chiodo. I'm probably butchering his last name. Uh, it was written by Charles and Stephen Chiodo. Um, and from what I've been told, from everybody who I've spoke to, it is an 80s horror classic. Um, but you're not here to listen to me 
Babylon about the production, you want to hear my thoughts and feelings. So, without further ado, let's get um, some pies, let's throw them each other's faces, and let's get nuts, shall we? All right, let's go get nuts. So, I've just finished watching Killer Clowns from Out of Space, and honestly, it was the most ridiculous, silly, fun, entertaining, stupid um, experience I've ever had. All in the best way possible. Like, I don't mean it in a negative way. That It's all positive. It is one of the most ridiculous movies I've ever seen, but it's meant to be, and I love it for that. Um, I, I, <laughs> I just had a fantastic time with this film. Um, this is possibly one of the best B-tier horror movies I have ever seen. Now, granted, I haven't seen many. Um, I'm new to the genre, but I do want to see more because so far with Critters and a few of us that I've seen and with Killer Clowns, this is up there with possibly one of the best uh, B-tier horror movies I've ever seen. Because, you know, it, it has everything you'd want from not just the 80s and, and BT horror, but you would just want from the genre completely, right? So there's cheesy acting and cheesy dialogue. The dialogue is in, like is incredibly silly. You know, like I've, I've written some of it down because it made me laugh. So there's this one scene where you get a security guard. Uh, it's near the end of the film and <laughs> the clown pulls up in a little clown car and you have that little clown car gag where... One clown gets out, another gets out, then another, then another. And like you just got security guys looking at them like, okay. And then more and more get out. And they all stand there. And, it, you know, he's like, what do you want? Sort of thing. And they all get pies. Like they pull their hands from around their backs. So they all got pies and they point at the pies. And it's, it's, it's one of them sort of silly lines, but it just makes me, it made me giggle. Um, especially how I hear it, hear it in my head whenever I, I read it. Um, so the security guy just looks at him and goes, what do you want to do with those pies, boys? And then they just pie him. And he melts. And it's absolutely fantastic. Or you got Curtis Mooney, which I'm going to talk about Mooney uh, later on, uh, where he goes, <laughs> where somebody phones up and he goes, oh, they took my wife away in a balloon. And Curtis replies, um, they took your wife away in a balloon? Well, you don't need the police, pal. You need a psychiatrist. It's incredibly cheesy. Really, really silly. Um, or like, or you have these really bravado sort of really... Uh, gruff sort of uh, quotes where you got like again one from Mooney where um, basically you got this one the scene where he believes that the whole town's paying a prank on him Mooney's this, a very stern sort of character very sort of serious very sort of like um, uh, I hate he hates kids he just hates young people and he thinks they're all farts and a complete you know nuisance to society and he thinks everybody's going crazy about clowns he thinks everybody's playing a prank on him so he's sitting there trying to tough it out be like oh i don't care and then they made this one thing where he's like um all these phones are ringing he's like he's answering in the end he goes he goes i made it through career i can make it through this bullshit with a cigar in his mouth really sort of being tough and tumble and then sort of a clown appears and it, a lot of fun happens after that um but yeah the the acting is you know sometimes it's very much overacting sometimes the actors are going really trying harder than they need to for the type of film that it is then you got some that just phone in um and you can tell that, that you have other actors like what they're set what's what's coming out of their mouth is not what they actually said you can tell there's a lot of uh editing and like somebody had to dub over certain things and again 
these are not nitpicks. These are not issues. Because again, when you watch a B type of movie, you expect these kind. Of, this is what makes this genre, from my experience anyway, from what people told me, this is what this makes this genre fun. You want the overacting. You want the cheesy dialogue. You want the silliness. Uh, you want the actors to be serious, or you want them to be like they know what kind of film they're in, so they just have fun. You want to have like you want to go on an adventure with them. You know what I mean? No matter what, if it's like overly gory or it's very silly and comical you want to be on that adventure with them you want to have a laugh as well so you you have sort of the cheesy acting and the dialogue which is top-notch and incredible uh as well as you've got incredible kills as well you know you have the acid pies as i mentioned with security guard they throw pies at me just pies him and all of a sudden uh, it cuts back to the clowns and the clowns are slowly sort of waddling like penguins in a, in a line past this little pile and it zooms out and you've got this like steaming pile of cream which was once a security guard uh, I, I there probably are names for the clowns I, I they never mentioned them in the film so I never wrote any of them down um, and if there are and you're a fan I do apologize for not knowing them um, but it's one little clown. So they all they all go past it. They just look at this steaming pile of cream that was once uh, just this sort of um, mix of cream and, and flesh, really, that's just melted into the ground. Um, they all walk past him, just looking at it. And then you got this cute little clown, which is another scene as well, another one of my favourite sort of kills. He's from this clown as well. But he just walks over with a little cherry, puts it on top, pats the cherry, and just walks away. It's an incredible kill. It's silly, you know, it, and it works as well because then being clowns, that they would use pies. They weren't going to use grenades or anything like that. They're going to use a pie. It kind of, it reminded me a bit of Bugs Malone, where they tried to tell an act like a gangster sort of story, but without the use of guns. So they had they used to throw pies, or they'd have um, I can't remember what the guns were called, but the, the guns would sh- would fire like custard and cream that sort of thing. If you got splattered in the face, you'd die. Um, and that's what it kind of reminded me of. And I really love Bugs Malone. So it took me back to that very sort of like silliness um, side of it. And also made sense because they're clowns as well. Um, the next other one as well, which again, I'm, I'll go in a bit more detail into it a bit later in my mem- memorable moments. But there is a scene with this again, with this little um, little clown. And um, he's had an altercation uh, with a couple of bikers. And one biker's like, what are you going to do? Knock my block off. <laughs> and he does. He, he swings back and decks him right under his chin. Head goes flying off, lands in the dustbin. It's incredibly gory. I love it. And they all just like, and there's all these other bikers just like crap themselves and run off. Again, it's it's an incredible kill. Uh, but there's loads, you know. And a lot of them you don't even actually see them being killed. Like the the clowns are going around pe- putting people into cotton candy cocoons. And whenever you get these cocoons, whenever sort of the heroes of the story find these cocoons and trying to rip them open, the people are starting to basically turn into like a soup into a gloop they're tr- they're melting inside whenever you open their faces they're all red because they're just melting like to like to an acid to like a like a like a juice sort of thing best way, like a syrupy sort of juice best way to explain it um it was very gory very visceral and i love that as you know i love gore you know i love but I don't like cheap gore. I like it when there is a need for it. And again, it all makes sense that you would, it, again, it being very silly, very, that sort of thing, that you would imagine that, yeah, if he was to have um, a moment where he gets fisticuffs, he's going to hit somebody and it's going to knock their block off. You know, it's funny. It's silly. It's great. You know, and there are, and these clowns are very, very creepy. 
and it works so fantastically. And I'm glad they went to the practical effects, which again takes me on to the next part as well. You know, outstanding practical effects. You know, the the clown creature design is incredible. Like they they look again, maybe you're gonna think I'm crazy, but they look cute and um harmless, but also very menacing, very creepy, very silly, very much what you want from a monster clown alien beast sort of creature uh, it works in like the, all bright colors all very sort of um you know what you'd think of a clown big bodies so we got small ones big ones big round noses weird big bright colorful hair with different hairstyles um it all works perfectly and i was thinking i was watching the film i was, I was just sitting there going because there's a lot of people that just answer doorbell because a, a lot of while sort of the heroes are running around trying to convince people that clowns are attacking and are killing people, um, you have these, what I would like to think as sketches of these clowns interacting with the townsfolk. And there are many moments where, like, you have the clowns are knock the door and there's a girl with, like, a see-through bra on. So you can see a bit of nipple again, you know, classic 80s horror. You know, got to always have a bit of boobage in it. And um, they got there, one clown, big, really horrible looking clown, like if, sort, of, sort of clown, if you'd answer the door now, you'd freak out. Um, but no, answer the, oh, pizza, who ordered pizzas? And then the two clowns pop for one side and the tiny little clown pops out the pizzas and then turns to go into a cotton candy ball. Uh, there's another one where another woman answers the door. And he gives her like a Valentine's Day present. She's like, oh, thank you. And then she looks around to her husband. He goes, oh, is this your idea? And, then, you know, they get killed as well. And it's, you know, there's another moment where like they're in a pharmacy and the clown's gone in and they're just going around playing with things. You know, they're trying to sniff talcum powder and then sneezing. And like they're just causing a muck, really. They're kind of like children. And I sat there trying to think of like why and why people like, well, for one, nobody in this town has a peephole to look through the door so to see who's at the door. They're just willy-nilly opening the door. This is obviously is the 80s and people just didn't care. Um, but also in the fact, I started to think of like, why are none of these people scared of clowns? Why is it that none of these people are actually, you know, why are people approaching them? Why are people just sitting there like it's normal? Being like, oh, look, a clown, that's normal. And then it hit me. During the... This is the age before it and 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 Pennywise, and it's this. Well, I, I think probably by this stage, I think it would already been out of the book. But people still love clowns. The whole idea of Ronald McDonald and having clowns at birthday parties and that sort of thing was a normal thing. The people were scared of clowns, but it wasn't sort of the heightened fear that we have today. And I say heightened fear today. It, it just it. I guess it wasn't as prevalent. I think people were more trusting of clowns. I think a lot of people grew up with clowns. Um, you know, I know um, there are friends of mine and uh, family members who grew up and had clown dolls in their room. Now, to me, that's a terrifying prospect and idea, but it was just a normal thing back in the day. So, you know, the idea of clowns walking around the street in full makeup looking like they do and people just laughing at them and find them funny is a completely normal thing for the 80s whereas today you'd be like why is that guy walking around as a clown that guy's a psycho <laughs> you know what i mean because again clowns aren't as popular like the, the idea of clowns nowadays is very different to how clowns were originally sort of per perceived so again that's the kind of idea that i had made of like oh kind of it makes sense why people are approaching these clowns why people are standing there and watching like this one clown that does hand puppetry really really well cool hand puppetry like shadow puppetry um 
on the wall and they're all laughing at him like oh funny then all of a sudden he just tur- he makes his like, shadow puppet into like big t-rex and the t-rex shadow comes down swallows his people whole he then has them like miniature it would have been great like i know it's the 80s they probably didn't have the budget or practical effects um but it would have been great if you saw loads of little people in his hands and he just because then he opens his bag and he puts them in this bag full of popcorn we learn later that this popcorn are kind of like eggs i would imagine because these popcorn things they they hatch into tiny little um killer clown baby things but there's no, they haven't got a body it's just like a giant spine with a clown head um and one of the girls actually gets attacked she gets out of the shower and she gets attacked by these things she survives but she gets attacked and again absolutely fantastically uh, well done in terms of practical effects and creature designs i love it as well as the set designs as well again you know you've got clowns they come down, their spaceship is a big top tent. You know, you're going to imagine that inside this thing, it's going to be a madhouse. It's going to be loads of bright colours, you know, really over um, unrealistic uh, handles and knobs and that sort of thing. They're going to have big bright balls on the end of them. Um, he's going to have like halls of mirrors and that sort of thing. Uh, you're going to have ball pits, which there is a, you know, a huge ball pit in one stage. And they're going to use weaponry that is not sort of laser beams or ballistics like what humans use. It's going to be, you know, a cotton candy gun that turns you into a cocoon. Uh, there's going to be one that turns that puts you inside a giant balloon and the guy carries you around inside this balloon. You know, uh, they use like a popcorn sort of a shotgun that pelts you full of popcorns. And obviously, as we found out what the popcorns are, the popcorns eventually hatch and turn into these little creatures. Um, you know, that's the kind of thing that you would expect from uh, these creatures, that they would have silly weaponry. You know, near to the end where the sort of heroes are trapped inside the spaceship, they're being surrounded by the clowns. They've got funky looking baseball bats and clubs that have got stars on them and big, bright and colourful. And like they look like rubber sort of um, nails, you know, but the nails aren't like rusted. They just they look colourful nails, but you can tell they're quite sharp and that sort of thing. Like it very plays into it, you know, as well as the vehicles that they use. They drive around in these little um, this little car. Obviously, it's bigger on the inside like a TARDIS, um, but they drive around these little cars that are well sort of designed to look like what you'd imagine them to look like they've got this big machine that's like a like a giant vacuum that they just throw these these cocoon cotton candy cocoons out the windows and their clowns are catching them and then putting them into these um big giant uh, vacuum and the clowns are throwing like confetti and um tinsel not tinsel it's like it's like tinsel but it's it's more flatter less tinsely basically i don't know point is they throw a lot of this stuff around and if they've gone to people's houses they kind of like tp people's houses and that sort of thing just without it being tp just used with a lot of like confetti and that sort of thing um and again it all works into the concept and idea of these being clowns and and aliens and being very much advanced um and i love it i i, I love it for that so you know overall in terms of you know 80s uh btr horror movie they took they tick every single box for me and i was in awe and i was i was I loved it completely sort of as so for a story sort of breakdown uh kind of like critters it gets into it sort of straight straight away probably a lot cr- quicker than critters um in a way in terms of actually getting to the action anyway um basically you got these young people 
they go to sort of this mountaintop and they do a thing called parking. I don't think parking is a thing anymore. Um, but back in the 80s, parking was very much a thing where young people would go off, make out, you know, and have a bit of fun as they do. I don't know from experience. Never had the opportunity. But that's just what they did in the 80s anyway. Um, so these young people are parking, enjoying life, having fun, enjoying the youth. They see what they think is a shooting star. Um, the rest of them stay, you know, to have have their fun. Uh, and t- one lot go off to basically see what the shooting star is. Um, then at the same stage, we have this old man and his little dog named Pooh. Uh, he gets really excited and he goes, oh, we're going to be rich. There's going to be loads of people. We've got to go find the shooting star. He thinks it's Haley's Comet. So these two different characters, these two lots of characters are following on to um, the shooting star. They find themselves in the middle of the woods. Uh, this old, this old guy with his dog. Again, this movie. It's the only thing that I will actually nitpick of this movie that it will lose points for me, mainly because I don't like seeing animals, specifically uh, dogs, getting hurt in films. I I just can't stand that, you know. So he's walking around with Pooh Bear, and Pooh's right behind him. And there's like a silhouette, like a shadow silhouette of one of the clowns in the background, and. Uh, the, the old man walks off a little bit. The dog turns around, barks, and the hole opens up in the side of this big top tent that's landed. And uh, a little, the, you don't see the clown completely. You see his hands, and he just puts out a net, scoops up the dog, and then pulls the dog in. And I would imagine that they ate and killed the dog. And for that, it lose points for me in that. Um, even though you don't get to see it, it's just I know what you're interpreting. I know what you mean, you know, by what's happened to that animal, especially if we don't see the animal for the rest of the film. <laughs> I know what's happened. You've killed that dog. You know, it's horrible. Can't believe you did it. But then again, the clowns from out of space. Ah, horrible monsters. Yeah, makes makes you really want to hate them, but love them at the same time. You love them because they're clowns. They're silly. They're funny. But same thing of like, oh, you killed that dog. I really hate you. Um, the old guy goes ballistic anyway. He freaks out. He tries to get his dog back. And then one of the clowns comes in. And basically turns him into a cocoon. And that's kind of where it begins in sort of setting off. And then you have the two of it, the boy and the girl who were who parking have now sort of pulled up. They've gone inside the big top uh, sort of uh, spaceship sort of thing, sort of tent. Uh, they find the cocoons, find out what's going on. They freak out, get chased by clowns. They lead the clowns into town. And sort of from there, it, it goes on. And the story, again, it, it's not... It's, it's not perfect, but it doesn't need to be. You know, the whole point of these movies, as I said at the beginning, is the fact of, you know, it's to get into the killing. It's to get into the gore. It's to get into the horror. It's to get into the silliness, into the fun as quick as possible. You don't want to be here setting the scene for ages of like, this is the characters. This is what's going on. Like you want the, you know, you want to get going. And it does get going really, really quickly in terms of the killings, the deaths, the cocoons, the the clowns being silly. Like there's one moment where you have uh, rat is absolutely random. Like you never understand as to why, but again, this is why I like to think this movie is kind of filled in with sketches. Uh, Cause you do get the main story as well, but there are a lot of these sketch sort of moments where randomly you have this, this guy's in a park. And again, you have no real understanding of why the guy's there or why he was drawn here. All of a sudden the camera pans to the next scene and there's this little sort of, um, I don't know. It's in a park, and it's it's like a I don't know. It's made out of wood. Anyway, basically, uh, 
there's a lot of music coming from there. So a guy walks over and there's this little Punch and Judy sort of set. And, you know, the guy's got puppets and the ways him, the guy's on his own. There's ha ha ha, you know, really overacting. You can tell this guy is really trying to try his best with whatever he's got. He doesn't say anything. He's ha 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 ha. This is silly looking around like, I, I, I don't have no friends. I'm just standing around. Um, and they do the, the little puppets, a little act. And then the one puppet gets up, has a, one of those little uh, cotton candy guns, turns it to the other puppet, blows a puppet up. The guy's ha ha ha, very funny, ha 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 ha. And then the other puppet in his hand, their eyes change and it goes really sort of menacing, horrible. And he turns around, points the gun at the guy. And then all of a sudden this clown just whoop, just appears like that. And um, just points the gun at the guy and then turns him into a cotton candy. Again, it, it's it's a very odd scene, but it's very silly and very fun. One of the, actually these little sketches caught my eye the most and really sort of have stuck with me. I know I've only just watched it, but it's really sort of one of those moments because it is probably the only part of this film that I would actually even say is relatively scary or creepy. Is um, there's this there's kind of like... It's like a fast food change. I think it's called the Big Top Burger um, in the film. And there's people eating burgers and all that. And there's this little, there's a, a clown, one of the big clowns, who kind of walks over, sees it. And then it pans back into this family talking. And it, it really reminded me of It and Pennywise. Because you've got this little girl, and she's sitting there eating a burger. And she turns around. And as the camera p- turns, um, you've got one of these big clowns just sitting on... Um, Oh, what are they called now? Those toys and playgrounds that that rock back and forth like a rocking horse sort of toy. He's just rocking back and forth on it. You know, he's smiling. He waves at. She waves back, and then he plays pickaboo. She's doing pickaboo back, and then he kind of looks. He kind of stops rocking. And he, again, this reminds me of like the Terrifier. If you've never seen Terrifier, but I would recommend it. But it's incredibly gory and very visceral. So if you have got a weak stomach, I don't recommend it. But if you have watched Terrifier, you'll understand what I mean now. But he stops rocking, still smiling, and he just looks at a deadpan. Obviously, these creatures haven't got much of facial expressions anyway. Um, just looks at a like, sort of deadpan smile and just puts his hand out and sort of like does that come here sort of look with his finger. And this little girl, again, where are the parents? The parents are right there and they're not paying attention. Again, very Pennywise, very sort of Stephen King sort of vibes. And um, she starts to creep over to the door. He's managed, he's managed to teleport to where the door is. And behind him, he's got this big mallet. And I'm thinking to myself, this girl's going to come out and he's going to basically like mallet her in the head and just turn her into a pancake. Or like she's going to come outside and step onto something and kind of like uh, those those machines at carnivals would test your strength. Um, or even like if you've seen in Beetlejuice, where uh, Beetlejuice has the two hammers, knocks it down, and the two people go flying up through the house. That's what I kind of thought this was going to happen with this little girl. Um, but as she kind of walks over to the door, she opens the door, she's about to walk out, and the mom comes out of nowhere. It's like, it's like she's completely oblivious of this clown. Again, I think it's because it's the 80s and people were more open to the idea of clowns, and because they were at a place called Big Top Burger, she probably just assumed it was a sort of person in a costume pretending to be a clown because she goes, oh, you can go out play in a minute. You've got to eat your food and pulls away. And the, and the clown's very, very angry. And at this moment, I, I, in my head, I had this like, you don't see anything, but in my head, I just had this vision of 
him going in there, very terrifying like, and just with his hammer, just knocking heads off. Sadly, that doesn't happen in this movie. It would have happened if I wrote this movie. That would have been the scene I would have done. Um, just him going in with the mallet, being like, ah, knocking heads off. But again, that's just me. That's what I would have done. That's not what this movie does. Um, but yeah, you know, as when you have all these little scenes and you add into the main story as well, it's a very fun and exhilarating ride. And again, I don't want to spoil, not that, not that there's really much in the way of spoilers. Um, and again, there's not really much to spoil at the end either. Um, but when they're in the big top and they're running around um, trying to escape from the ship, the ending is, is quite fun and it's quite silly. It's because, again, it makes no sense. But again, these movies, it, it doesn't need to make sense. So they have these two other friends that are with them. A crazy two crazy blokes i think called the valette brothers i think they're called and um they somehow get away they they get lost and find themselves with two uh female i would say female clowns with big boobs they're free they're like oh you must be beverly's friends i think her name's beverly um i was twice i forgot the names already of the of the characters mainly because i was just so focused on the clowns and what the clowns were doing um but then the camera pisses away, and, and you think, "Oh, they've died. That's it. They're going to be eaten. They're like they're falling into a ball pit. They're going to be eaten." And then when the other heroes are stuck, uh, they're being surrounded by all these clowns that basically want to bash their heads in. They come through the wall of this almost you'd think impenetrable um, big top sort of spaceship that happens to have walls that are made out of concrete but not metal. Again, makes no sense, but this is what happens. They come through, they survive. Their clothes are ripped to shreds. They're covered in what are blatantly, obviously, tons of giant lips, uh, lipstick marks all over their face and body. Right, so they've had the time of their lives. They're eating ice cream. They come in to save the day. And as they come in to save save the day, they sort of speak through, because they've got a giant clown on the top of their ice cream truck that they, like their ice cream people, by the way, I forgot to mention that. Um, and they go, oh, I am the all-powerful Jojo, uh, the clown. You listen to me. You let them go. So the clowns listen. They let them go. Then this giant clownzilla comes down and just kaiju monster and just wrecks this, wrecks havoc and throws this ice cream truck away, like around like a rag doll. It blows up. You think these two people have died. And at the end of the movie, somehow they live there, but they're covered in ice cream. And and it's like, how did you live? It's very much like Indiana Jones. It's like, how did you survive? Oh, we just we got inside of the fridge. Yeah, it's nonsensical. It's stupid, but I love it, you know. And uh, that again, I come back to that point. That's what you want from these type of films, is the silliness. Um, so overall, you know, the story uh, it gets top marks from me. It does everything it needs to and more. Um, some sort of standout moments I wanted to mention, of course, Officer Mooney. Um, he he's not obviously not my favorite he just he made me laugh the most because like you have all these other characters in this some of them are, are overacting some of them are, are taking it sort of uh, some of them are not trying to add and it is just very sort of silly sort of thing um but this they must have told this guy that he was in a serious movie or just to play it really seriously because he does he plays the role very seriously and you can tell him like he generally it's like like he hates everybody. He's like hates any young kid, like hooligans, ruffians. You fart. He calls them farts and all that. And um, I, there's a moment where 
when the clown comes comes into the station and he's like oh see you know he's he, he thinks it's somebody in the costume is like well you really outdone yourself and then uh, they get get flowers and he squirts him in the face and i think oh this like water is going to be acid no it's just water and he squirts him in the face puts out his cigar so it was like oh come at you and it gets him turns him around puts cuffs on him as he puts the cuffs on him the clown's hands fall off he's like what the hell and he's, uh, which i love he gets over clown waddles off with hands behind his back Goes around to the door where the sows are, peeked around, kind of give him a look of, are you coming? So obviously Mooney, he follows, follows him, follows him, follows him. And the clown's standing outside the cell, all sort of prim proper, like, come on, I'm ready to go in the cell. And um, he's like, all right, that's it, put your hands up. And the clown puts his hands up, we can tell there's no hands left, and he grows his hands back. And um, Mooney puts, opens the cell, puts him in. And as he always does, he gets his, like, um, he goes, you're going to rule the day that you ever mess with me. Gets the back of his um, his torch. So these were the old-fashioned metal sort of torches. So these were rock-solid and hard. And he tried to bop him on the back of the head. Obviously, it doesn't work. So <laughs> this clown's turned its head around a full 360. Now he's looking at him. His old body then turns. Mooney slams the, uh, the prison set door closed. And then this guy's got his, like, um, uh, what they're called now, those little sort of things that come for the, that extend, called like party, we have them at parties, come with the name of them things, but gets one of those, he just extends, punches him in the face and grabs him round the uh, throat and then pulls him in. And then quickly to the part where you had this other uh, copper who gets back to the station, it's, it's all dark, he goes through the police station, it kind of reminds me of Resident Evil 2 where Leon is going through the station. It's pitch black. He's just got a torch. He's going through. There are footprints all over the walls, all over the floor. Big clown boot prints. He goes into the prison cell. Um, there are two sacks of cotton candy because there were two there were two like punk kids that Mooney addressed the other night before that were in the cell with the clown. Obviously, the clowns sort of put them into these little sacks. And you're really grossed out, sort of horror. You get a moment where this like, arm comes down in front of the screen and it's covered in blood and it's really credible really well done um so the, he panics he leaves he goes back to like phone for help and i love this scene and this is why it really stood out to me um because it's really it's, it's so well done and i'm not going to do it justice one of those we're just gonna have to watch this movie to really get this scene um but he comes back in and also he's not alone at the back of the room is this clown that's not facing him you can only see the back of him and as he's on the phone, this clown clown turns around to him. He's on he's on the blower, right? He's on he's on the phone trying to get through. He's noticed that something's behind him, so he's turned around, and this clown's just sitting there. And all of a sudden, he's then just he's pulled up Mooney, right? And he's got he's got like two little painted cheeks, and you can tell that he's had his bottom of his lip on both sides have been ripped down, and. <laughs> This clown's taught, turned him into a ventriloquist dummy. And he basically goes, I think, I'm going to say the guy's name is Davey or David or something like that. I can't remember his name. But he basically goes, um, Moon, this is Mooney talking in a very sort of demonic sort of voice. Um, Don't worry, David. We only want to kill you. And he just comes in. And he's like, it's really, oh, it's really creepy, but it's a fantastic scene. And then he gets, and then he pull. He, as he pulls, the clown comes back, and Mooney Puppet comes back. That's what I'm going to call him. He's Mooney Puppet now. Um, 
you just you get this really visceral sort of sound where the clown's pulled um, his hand out of Mooney's back. I can only imagine he was working his spine or something like that. If you ever seen the movie Dead Silence, which I completely hate that movie, um, I hate it to death. I don't like it. It terrifies me. Um, it's one horror movie I will not watch on my own or with people. I refuse, all right? But you ever seen the movie Dead Silence? You will know what I mean of this scene. You've seen this movie, this this sort of seen before in that film obviously that movie does it in a lot more terrifying sort of way um but this film does it in a, in a lot more comical way but still very creepy very horrible and once he takes his hand out of his spine he just pushes mooney over moon just falls and he's dead he's, he's he is just a sack of flesh you know because he hasn't got his puppet master the, the clowns let him go so once he let him go it's the puppet puppet mooney falls to the ground and dead so that's like a standout sort of scene for me that was just like whoa this this is incredible Really, really well done. Uh, the next one is to do with um, get, getting well. I was talking about earlier about getting the guy getting his um, block knocked off. So again, it's another one of these sort of scenes, um, sketches where you know all these bikers outside of a club, they're all on their bikes, you know, being bikers, sort of thing. And also, out of nowhere, you have this little again, the little tiny one who does the cherry on top. He comes over on his little bicycle, tiny little tricycle, little thing comes over and uh he's, you can tell he's really proud of it he's showing off his bike to the bikers like look at it you know ooh, it's nice you know um and all these bikers laughing at him and this one guy i think his name was spike i think the biker's name was spike and he looks over to this girl that he's with he goes oh watch this he comes over and he goes um he goes can i ride the bike and you know the little uh, clown doesn't talk they don't talk in this movie he just looks at him really cute innocent shakes his head no sort of thing um and then he goes, can I do the horn? And he, nod, he nods his head and he goes, mm, you know, makes that sort of yes sort of noise. So this guy, a real douche, by the way, uh, picks the bike up, slams it on the ground in front of this little clown, stamps on it, breaks it. He goes, oh, no, I've broken your bike. And this other guy behind him goes, ha, 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 he should have let him ride his bike. And also, <laughs> again, great scene, another great kill. The, uh, little clown. He jumps off to one side, jumps back. Next thing you hear, you hear ding, ding from like a boxing bell. He's got boxing gloves on. He's doing the old put them up, put them up sort of thing, putting them in the guy's face. They're all laughing at him. And the one guy bends down, this big guy, Spike, he bends down. He goes, what are you going to do? Knock my block off? And all of a sudden he just, twang, head comes off, flies over, lands in the dustbin. They all freak out. And he's just sitting there going, yeah sort of like rocky moment again it's it's a lot shorter scene than the mooney puppet scene but it's again very memorable it's a fantastic scene probably next to the mooney scenes like my other sort of favorite sort of scene um but there are a lot of many scenes in this that are just silly slapstick uh great and again it all makes sense for them being clowns as well i don't i don't know if this movie ever got a sequel i don't think it has um but if it did i would love to watch it because i would just love more from these clowns um or like it, it like killer clowns from out of space the invasion you know just to watch them all invade and i don't know it'd be a great sort of thing if they did sequels to this film or then again this film works perfectly as it is um so leave it be uh, but if they ever if they ever did make a sequel you know it would have been fantastic to see more of the of these sort of creatures and, and their weaponry and just more sort of slapstick silly sort of sketches of just seeing how they interact with people and interact with like human things um 
my overall sort of thoughts of this film, if you could tell, is I absolutely love it. I adore this film. I think it's absolutely fantastic. I can't recommend it enough. Not just if you're a B-tier horror sort of fan, but if you just like horror in general, or you like 80, cheesy 80s movies, this has the, the cheese. This is the you know, the Kunagra, the Wensleydale, the mature cheddar. You know, this is your Gouda. This is like the best you're going to get in terms of prime quality, cheesy, uh, horror, 80s. Fantastic. Love it. You know, I'm just saying words at this point. I'm not even having sentences. I'm just saying fancy words because it's it's just overly a fantastic, fun time. And I enjoyed it. And I could recommend it um, to everybody and anybody, you know. Um, so that's my overall thoughts. But before we get to sort of wrapping up to the end, one thing that I wanted to do is I wanted to throw a bit of trivia. I've, I've, I wanted, as I was looking at doing a lot of reviews, uh, just reviews in general, not just the horror genre, I thought it'd be fun if I throw in some trivia at the end of, of about the film and things like that. So people who fans of the film, you know, will enjoy. But also the fact, if you've never watched the film, you might find them interesting. So, um, the... $2 million budget went primarily on production costs. Uh, the clowns and visual effects were created almost entirely by the filmmakers at very little cost. Um, the scene in which a car is thrown over a cliff was initially intended to be far more spectacular. Uh, the car was to fly off the, the cliff and crash down to the ground. Unfortunately, the sling rope snapped because uh, effects crew members neglected to remove the stoppers from underneath the car's wheels. Uh, the result was was what we see in the final film. Uh, the car slowly tumbles over the edge and becomes caught on a tree and then blows up. Uh, though not a hit, not though not a hit when it was in theaters, the film has since become a cult classic and made revenue in action figures, DVDs, and T-shirts. I actually know that for a fact. Uh, I have a friend of mine; she works at Spirit um, Halloween, and she has tons of figures herself. But she has figures; she has the little, she has a, a prop replica of the gun that they use to turn people into cotton candy, um, and actually works. It makes sounds and it spins around and everything. It's it's incredible uh, prop. Uh, she has t-shirts as well and i've seen a lot of people wear t-shirts of, of this movie so it makes sense that you know because it's such a cult classic that a lot of their revenue is still being made um through halloween decorations and um sort of merchandise um as john uh, mazari uh, returned the, uh, returned the music master tapes to the studio people in the accounting and legal department completely missed missed uh, dismissed killer clowns as being a complete failure that will die a quick death. Mazari um, reported, well, you don't get it. Uh, there are people that will love this movie, which there is. Um, and finally, originally, uh, Clownzilla was supposed to be made with stop motion animation, but due to production, costs and limited time to shoot, they made the suit instead. And I think one of the um, main writers actually uh, was actually the person who... Um, was in the suit. Uh, the first day of recording the music score took place on October 31st, 1988. Uh, this was the iconic Killer Clown uh, March was originally written by John Mazzari for his high school rock band, uh, Crisis. Uh, the band members did not like it because the notes of the song spelled out an F major and seventh chord, which they felt sounded too much like jazz. So that is a bit of trivia for people who are fans of it or people who uh, are new to it and want to check it out and might find it interesting um so yeah that has been sort of it 
my my overall thoughts of Killer Clowns from Out of Space. Absolutely fantastic movie. I can't recommend it enough. I love it. Um, and I'm part of me is glad that I watched it early, but also I loved it so much, and because it's again one of the best um, B tier horror movies that I've seen. I wish I kind of left it at the end, kind of like the coup de grace, sort of the big end to Halloween. But it's okay. You know, you've got it on week two. Um, I hope whatever that what I'm going to look at next week um, is going to be just as, as exciting. Um, I think that one, um, I, again, another one I haven't watched is going to be um, fun from what I've heard about it. it. It's another silly one. So I look forward to that. Again, no hints as of yet um, because I want it all to be a surprise. But it's going to be another beat here, obviously. And it's going to be fun. Who knows? Is it going to be Killer Clowns in Outer Space? Well, currently, it's Killer Clowns and Critters. So who knows what comes next, if it's going to be any better, or it's, if it's going to stay in, in the third spot. We will um, see. But that is my thoughts and feelings on this movie. Um, you have been listening to the Nerd Nerdstalgic Podcast. I've been your host, Luke the Human. I thank you greatly for being here with me. If you'd like to hear more from me, not just horror, but all things nerdy and nostalgia, uh, make sure to follow me at, on Twitter at nerdstagic underscore pod or you can also find the Nerdstagic podcast basically on all platforms anywhere and anywhere that you find uh, podcasts the only place you won't find me is Apple Podcasts but apart from that you'll find me everywhere else also uh, if you're not listening uh, if you're listening on YouTube don't forget to like, comment, subscribe uh, if you're not listening on YouTube and you want to subscribe then t- just go to YouTube and type in the Nerd Stagit podcast. Uh, make sure you ring that notification bell to be notified whenever I upload an episode. Um, I always upload on YouTube on a Sunday. I upload to the podcast on a Saturday. So you will be hearing this most likely on a Sunday. And um, yeah, so thank you very, very much for listening. Um, and I can't wait till next week. It's going to be a fun one. So until then, uh, I will see you later. Bye-bye. <laughs>